This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Anyways, the title for this morning, uh, this morning's message is The Gifts of God That We Don't Know How to Enjoy. The gifts of God that we don't know how to enjoy and clearly because of 1 Timothy 6, 6, you kind of know where I'm going with this. It's because we do not know how to be content with the gifts that God's given us. And um, I know we, I'm going to jump right into this because otherwise I'll ramble a lot. Okay? It's a crazy passage. But as I've been studying this passage, um, Solomon is really going to be talking specifically about money. But I think this applies to every area of our life. When we're living in uh, in times of shaking and shaping and pressing and, and stretching, it's really hard for us to, uh, to, to focus on contentment. It's really hard for us to focus on the gifts that God's given us. And because of that, we get discontent. And we say that we're godly or we're Christians or we're believers. We believe in Jesus. We believe that our satisfaction comes from Jesus. But we have no clue what that looks like in the reality of our life. Do you know what I'm saying? Oftentimes we hear as believers, you got to find your satisfaction in Jesus. But what in the world does that really look like? What does it look like when the rubber hits the road? What does it look like when you lose your job? What does it look like when you got $20 in your bank account and you can't pay your rent? What does it look like to find your satisfaction in Jesus when the world seems like it's falling apart and stretching out? And verses like, you know, uh, Timothy 6.6 doesn't make sense. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What does that even mean? How can I be content? Are you with me? Okay, if you are, go ahead. Please type out this verse, 1 Timothy 6.6. 6, Godliness without content, with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We're going to learn this verse before you're done. And more than just learn the verse, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to apply this in our day-to-day life. Already, and I'm completely going off my, my notes this morning. Forgive me for that. But it's quite possible that... Um, you are sitting in your living room very discontent right now that we're not sitting in a building and being able to worship Jesus. Can you see how Satan can take this, this, this little seed of discontentment and cause you not to worship Jesus? That makes me angry, right? Not at you, but at, at the world of sin we're living in. I mean, you're getting angry instead of worshiping Jesus because you're still sitting in your living room, but you're not content that we have this technology to be able to worship Jesus. You're not content that you have a living room, that you have a phone that you can watch and be able to participate as a body of Christ. So, so right from the get-go, I want you to know that contentment with godliness is, say it with me, great gain. It, it's amazing. It's a good thing to have contentment and godliness and to be able to look around you and say, Jesus, thank you. But we're living in a world where we're inundated with sin and the gifts of God, we don't know how to enjoy it. And I'm really hoping that um, this message will not only get me into a lot of trouble because I think it has the potential to do that, uh, but I really hope it will bring such freedom and joy, man, uh, for you to be able to rejoice in the gifts that God's given you. Because there are some times when God gives you gifts and you look at them as a curse and you fast and pray that God will take it away when God's like, you idiot, it's a gift. Food, work, friendship, money, wine, these are gifts from God, a new car, a new house. But yet we, we, can, we, can, we don't know how to enjoy those gifts and it turns into guilt and shame and Satan will use that for not, you know, using, in distracting you instead of worshipping Jesus to find discontentment and feel irritated or anxious about the things that you're walking through. So anyways, um, there are two extremes in, the world, in this world that you can see. One, you can be what I'm talking about and be excited right now. Not everybody sitting in the living room is upset that uh, they're not in a building. 
Uh, many of you guys are super excited that you still get to worship Jesus this way, and I've spoken to some of you. It's been fantastic. This is the attitude that you've had. There are two extremes, though. One, a person who is just really excited, very content, is happy with the new opportunities. When you got the news that May 1st things were going to change, you were excited. You felt mm, life. You're like, doors are going to open, new ventures, new opportunities. On the other hand, there are people who are sitting with, you know, their chins on their on their hand, really depressed and worried about what this new future is going to look like and they can't wait for Jesus to come and clean this garbage can called earth. Right? Amen? Um, I don't know where you are in these two categories. Sometimes I, I go from Monday being excited, Tuesday I'm like, Jesus, just come quickly, please. I can't do this anymore. We live in this tug of war of life and um, I don't know where you are right now but you know, in the number one or, or in the second category of like, man, I'm excited for the new venture. I'm full of life. I'm having a life of gratitude. Contentment is beautiful. I'm experiencing God's grace. Or maybe on the other hand, you're like, God, this world is just terrible. I hate it. I hate what's happening. I hate the government. I hate this virus. I hate the disease. I hate the loneliness. And where we're here. And I want you to know it's normal for us to live in this tug of war of life where we go in these two extremes. It's very normal for us to go back and forth. Churchianity or religion will tell you, oh, no, if you feel this way, you're wrong. If you feel that way, you're wrong. This is normal. We go through this. And it's, we go through this because, I'm sorry I'm spending some time in this introduction. We go through this because God created this earth as a paradise for man. I mean, he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden with all the fruit-bearing trees, with beautiful river, fountains, seas, oceans, fish, with different colors, birds that fly. This was supposed to be a paradise for you and me. But what happened? Genesis chapter 3. Sin enters the world. Hate, hurt, anger, pain, backbiting, backstabbing, loneliness, heartbreaks. All of this comes along with sin. So in this paradise that God creates for man, we have this pain of sin. And that's why we have this tug of war of life. One day it's exciting, it's beautiful. And then very soon, it's like, Jesus, just please come quickly and just take me home. This is a garbage can. I can't wait for you to redeem it. And number one, what Solomon's going to tell us in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, when you look around you, the problem is all around us. The problem of sin is all around us. The problem of poverty, the problem of pain, the problem of oppression, it's all around us. So whichever category you are in, in this tug of war of life, okay, whether it's, it's, it's like, man, I'm grateful, I'm excited, I'm happy, or you're like, dude, I just really striving hard not to give up. I'm just trying to hold my head above the water. I can't wait for Jesus to come. No matter which category you're on in this tug of war of life, the problem is very clear for us to see the problem of sin around us. Um, let me give you a quick update on what we as the church have been doing. Uh, we've been supporting um, India with the, the, the lockdown has been extended in India and because of that the day laborers the day laborers are the ones that have to work that day and they get their wages that day and with that day's money they're able to pay their rent and pay food for that day and then the next day they got to go back to work because they live from day to day to day to day and when everything closed down these people are starving they don't have homes and, um, and there's a pastor friend of mine who's been doing some in, in beautiful ministry in India and, and, um, and I've been keeping in touch with him and I think um, we as a church have been able to support uh, 300 people for 10 days with food which has been fantastic and once again because they extended the lockdown we might be doing more and maybe this week I'll put up some pictures on our Facebook page so you could see um, you know where your money is going towards this and, but when you look around with government that takes advantage of its people when government doesn't lead in righteousness in, 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 in truth there are people who suffer and, and the book of Solomon and the book of Ecclesiastes Solomon's telling us man when you look around you in this tug of war of life it's easy for us to go this way one day and then the other way the other day because the problem is all around us Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 8 he says if you see in a province 
the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness. Don't you just get angry when you read that? The oppression of the poor, the violation of justice and righteousness. He says, don't be amazed at the matter. He says, don't gasp and be like, what? Oh my gosh. You know, truthfully, this past two months, you guys have spent a lot of time on social media. Don't lie to me now. Okay, but you've been scrolling through and there might have been some videos that you're like, I'm just, no, just keep scrolling. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it because it'll make your heart ache when you see the oppression and the violence and, and, and the starvation in the world. And we here in America, we actually have it good. I mean, I haven't come across someone who's actually been starving like I've seen people starve in India when everything was going well. And I can only imagine how things are now when everything is under a lockdown. And, and the Bible tells us, hey, when you see the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, don't be amazed at the matter. Why? Because the problem is all around us. And he says, for the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for a land in every way a king committed to cultivate fields. Without getting into too much detail, what Solomon is saying is we're living in a broken world. We're living in a world of sin. God created this world as a paradise for man. But sin enters the world and we are living in a broken world. But even in this broken world, we need leaders, even if they are broken leaders. We need that, that guidance. We need structure. And he says, and that structure, there's, there's got to be checks and balances because absolute power will corrupt absolutely like the saying goes. But even with the checks and balances, we cannot have a perfect government. And even if the government is not perfect, the world still needs its leaders. So God gives us the gift of paradise here on the earth. Sin enters in. And we're stuck in this tug of war of life. And we're going to ask ourselves, man, how do we enjoy the gifts that God's given us? And Solomon first and foremost says, man, you want to enjoy the gifts? Admit that the world is broken. You see, we cannot run under a carpet and just hide out worries, hide our troubles and be like, well, everything is fine. Everything is fine in my home. So you know what? The world is perfect. I've created my paradise. You will never find the true contentment in Jesus if you fail to look around you and see that the problem is around. There is a problem of sin. So far in Ecclesiastes, we've seen the preacher that Solomon, he talks of life under the sun being meaningless. You remember that? Who remembers the Hebrew word? Comment and you get five points for the Hebrew word. Okay, vanity, habel, habel is what it is. It's just vapor. And he says everything is meaningless because of sin. Let me do a quick recap on what he's been talking about in the past five chapters over here. Chapter two, verse 14, he says, the wise person has eyes in his head but the fool walks in darkness. Which one would you rather be? The wise guy that has his eyes and he's walking or the fool who's just walking in darkness. You clearly would want to be the wise guy, right? I mean, the smart one, the one that has intellect and reason and knowledge. And he says, and yet I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. And what is this event that happens to all of them? Look at verse 16. It says, for the wise as of the fool, there's no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come, all will have been long forgotten, how the wise die just like the fool. It's crazy, man. In fact, my the wallpaper on my phone, when I um, preached through that chapter, I had to go and put this verse on, my, on the wallpaper of my phone that you will die and not be remembered and you will die like every other fool. You will die like every other fool and you will not be remembered. Such a humble reality, isn't it? To know that how much ever you gain, how much ever you work, how much ever you like me or don't like me, one day I'm going to die like every other fool and you're going to forget me. 
That's the reality of, of life. And yet, look at the tug of war, okay? He's going to tell us in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18, Behold, what I've seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. What he's saying is this, Yes, you will die like every other fool and you'll not be remembered. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that I can make a fool of myself, but one day I will die and you'll forget me. Praise God. Such a freeing and healing thing. And yet he says, just because you're going to die like every other fool doesn't mean that you cannot enjoy your food, your drink, and find enjoyment in your work. And he says, and this is a gift from God. Look at this verse 19. He says, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possession and power to enjoy them. Enjoy wealth, enjoy possession, enjoy power, and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. And check this out. This is the gift of God. That's why the title for this morning is The Gifts That God Gives Us That We Don't Know How To Enjoy. This is a gift from God. How many times we as Christians feel, feel, feel um, you know, ashamed in enjoying the gifts that God's given you? Enjoy hanging out with friends. Enjoy going for a beautiful drive in your nice car. Enjoying taking care of your house and mowing that beautiful green yard. Enjoying going to work looking good and looking smart and smelling good and getting that promotion. Enjoying getting you know, a good bonus in your paycheck. How many times we feel guilty because Satan brings shame and you have this beautiful tug of war of life and we can't take these extremes and be like, you know what, I'm going to be forgotten like a fool, so you know, I'm just going to give up on life. Or feel like, man, i got to strive so hard and work and gain so much. These are gifts that God's given us, but finding the balance of how do we enjoy the gifts is where it gets a little tricky. Verse 20, he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, For he will not much remember the days of his life, because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Hey, I want you to know this. If I confuse you so far, maybe this will bring some um, you know, clarity. God wants you to enjoy this life. Now I know I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. In fact, the next point will, you know, completely set that straight. Yes, we will suffer. Yes, we will be we might have our head chopped off for the sake of the gospel. But Jesus said that he came to give life and life in abundance. My God, his promises are true and he says in his presence there's fullness of joy. And God wants us to experience joy in this life. But if you are sitting in your living room over there discontent with the blessing that's around you, man, you forego the beautiful gift that God's given you. I know Solomon's going to be talking about money, but this applies to every area of your life. And maybe you're a believer that God has blessed you abundantly, multiplied your blessings, but instead of dancing for joy, you're stomping your feet like a spoiled child. And God's going to call you to repentance. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, praise God for that. Solomon's going to point out that in this tug of war of life, it's normal that we go from here to there. Okay, but in, in this tug of war of life, don't forget the beautiful gifts that God's given us. And let's not live a life of discontentment, but strive to be content with godliness because it is what? Great gain. While we live in a world of sin and long for Jesus to take us home, it's a beautiful thing for us to enjoy the blessings of God. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.